since the well business has started, I've dove into venture capitalism a little bit. You know, it was something that I was interested in, and it's an avenue to understand more. You know, and we started a solar power company. We saw a need for for solar power, so I recently put together a team of of a few key players. And you know, I keep getting the feedback. Oh, like you need something else to do. You know, you need something else to do. It's like, well, the bridge is built. It's there. We just got to walk across it. And most people get halfway across that bridge, and where those people turn around, we keep going. You know, and that's I think the difference. Welcome to Million Dollar Flip Flops, the podcast that invites you on a transformative journey diving deep into the minds of thought leaders, game changers, and business builders from around the world. We explore pivotal moments, motivations, challenges conquered, and the inspiration that fuels their success. Guiding you on this journey is none other than Roderick Lenhart, a multi-seven-figure business owner, number one best-selling author, international speaker, and certified business coach. Time to buckle up, because here we go. Hey, gang, just got off a call with Dan Grace. He is the CEO of Capital Well up in New Hampshire, and his story really is one of showing up, shovel in hand, and then grind it out for 20 years, and boom, I'm an owner. Very inspiring. Uh, We talk about building a business where you're not the bottleneck. That's important. The role of luck in business, rule makers versus rule followers, that kind of no wall is too high mentality that entrepreneurs have to have, battling imposter syndrome as you rise in your field, and a crazy story about Billy Bob Teeth that I didn't know, and $50 million in sales. Let's take a listen. For those who don't know who Dan Grace is, just give me what you're doing now and then kind of a 38 second history of how you got to that point. 38. <laughs> All right. So Dan Gray's up in New Hampshire. I have a couple different businesses. The main one being a well drilling and water treatment business. Got lucky, really luck and timing had a lot to do with it, as it does with a lot of us in business. You know, success and failure can uh, play a lot on that. Not, not, not anything in particular that we did, but uh, it's it's going pretty well. The groundwater industry is big. It doesn't, it's safe from uh, a lot of things that other businesses are not. But uh, yeah, I got into it 20 years ago. I um, was able to purchase part of the company 10 years ago, and we've continued to expand throughout the entire state of New Hampshire, opening three locations. So that's the main target. That's the main uh, the main premise that uh, we're going after every day is staying in the groundwater industry and growing this thing up and taking care of the customers around us. But that's essentially my gig. I don't, I don't know, 38 seconds. I didn't start my stopwatch. but um, <laughs> Well, that's what you're doing now. How, how did you get into well drilling? Because that's a really, I'm always fascinated about just the niches. You know, everybody thinks doctor, lawyer, accountant, like there's so many ways to make millions of dollars, right? And yeah, you know, well drilling would be one of them. So like, how did you get into that? Again, by luck, uh, my best friend, since I was a little kid, uh, his parents started it. Um, again, great entrepreneurs, very hands-on entrepreneurs, academically terrible, barely read or write, but could weld, fabricate, and run a business. He partnered with his brother-in-law or future brother-in-law, um, created this well drilling company, and they really had to grind, man. They grinded through the 80s, the late 80s when everything dipped. So that's how I fell into this. Um, their sons were working for him. I did my own thing. Prior to that, I worked for myself since I was 13. Similar to you, you know, I found customers that needed things done that I could do that they were aged out of. And uh, I had a great pipeline through my mother who worked in an affluent area of elderly people that needed help with their lawns. 
I got a ride up after school and yeah, it started at 13, making my own money doing that. Uh, there were some other side things. So just, just always continued to, to work for myself. And it was a big jump to go to work for them when they needed help in 2000, 2001, I'd already been doing quite a bit with the landscaping end of things in my life and I uh, was doing really well at it, but they needed help. And it looked like a good opportunity. Uh, the water industry is not going anywhere, no matter what. Um, I didn't really have that foresight, but it worked out that way. But I said, you know, I, I'll work for you, but I really want to own it one day because I'm a much better rule maker than I am a rule follower. <laughs> I'm, I'm hard to manage, I guess, you know, and I, when I see something that's not logical, I want logic and, and I like to get that logic and I'm not, I'm not as good at it. I'm not that quintessential. You have it, like you have it hands down. Um, I've got another friend similar. You don't let barriers get in your way. I can see it. You just pull right through it. You don't think about the, you know, things are going to happen no matter what. I tend to overthink a little bit. But it's just enough to kind of keep me in a pretty balanced state, you know? But yeah, that's that's kind of the, the brief history. But I jumped right into it. I decided to opt out, not go to college and with a college or high school education and um, a willingness to just keep grinding. So my question would be, because you know a little bit of my story where I'm an entrepreneur my whole life and then I got that J-O-B that almost killed me and literally, <laughs> literally almost killed me. And you know, why I made that decision, you know, is because I was chasing money and it's why I ended up anxious and depressed and semi-suicidal. The whole deal is because money's not one of my top values, you know, freedom, autonomy, you know, the things that you had in your landscaping business, did those things cross your mind when you went to get a job with the well company? I think I was too young and ignorant to even think about it, but I'll tell you when it was an actual J-O-B before I had partnership in the company, it got to a point where I got really sour. You know, there was a time, I think maybe 2012, it hit me where I was just going down a bad path of, of fighting the system, you know, fighting the micromanagement that I just wasn't prepared to handle. And it wasn't a good thing. And also dedicated every minute uh, to, to grinding. I guess it was, that was my, my thought on how to, how to get rich, right? I want money. You know, it's like, I got to get the girl. I got to get the kids. I got to get the house. I got to get the, now it's money. We need money. You know, and it was working 14 hours a day. It was always on the phone. It was always on the computer. And it was like, that's what I thought you had to do to be successful, right? I'm coming out of the gate without anything. I don't have a college degree. And again, that era, right? Like everyone pressed college. I'm not saying college oh, yeah. isn't good for a lot of people, a lot of professions, but it was right out of high school. You got to go to college. You know, I had opportunities at some decent schools I could have gone to, but, um, for me, it just, I, I would have probably followed it up and thought I could do this on my own, you know, but the, the, the mindset was you got to go to school to be successful. You got to have this degree, you got to, you know, something to fall back on. And it's like, oh, man, you know, uh, just, just wasn't for me, but I thought I had to overcome that by really dedicating my soul, <laughs> you know, and forfeiting a lot of, a lot of time and spirit, you know, and that, that angst that builds, uh, you know, just, I thought I was bulletproof too, you know, and you, you push through all these things until you can't. Yeah. And I never thought I'd hit that wall cause I'd never seen it. And then I hit that wall and I remember being like, what is this feeling? Like My chest is tight. Like I'm breathing short, you know, and I actually called my primary care, which I didn't attend often, but, uh, what, what is going on? Am I having a heart attack? She's like, no, it's called anxiety. I was like, no, there's no way I'm way too tough for anxiety. Like I can't get anxiety. This that's for that's for weak people, right? Like right. it bottles up and catches up until you, then you have to learn to manage it. Right. Cause once it's there, it's like always right there, you know, at the precipice of, of coming back. So how do you, how do you balance your life so that you can stay away from that feeling? Cause that is not a comfortable feeling. I did not like it at all. And I'm not saying it hasn't resurged since, but uh, definitely much better to manage it with uh, balancing the work-life thing and doing what you love and really enjoying what you do. And, you know, doing things like this, jumping on with you, you know, and, 
and uh, just talking about it. Yeah. Now, was, uh, having to describe, and it ended up, it, it's turned into this thing now, but I was describing just who's my ideal client, right? Because, it, yeah, I can help entrepreneurs. I mean, the Waves Method, everything in the book can help anyone, but I can't work with everyone, right? So I have to have that really niched down person that is my guy or gal, right? And I want to know which one of these, because I heard it and what you just said, which one of these resonates with you. But I basically identified five people and the five stages of an entrepreneur. And I've been every every one of them, but I always leave before I get to number five. So I want to know if if this if this resonates. The belie- the believer is number one. I've got this thing. Everybody's going to want my thing. I'm going to be a billionaire on the beach. I just need to get my thing in front of more people. That's the believer. The showman, people are starting to buy my thing. I'm comfortable. I've got the SUV. I've got the house. I'm working 25 hours a day, eight days a week. I could make my own schedule, but I don't because if I leave, everything falls apart. That's the showman. Then there's the anxious philosopher. And this is where I come in. I make plenty of money. I've been around long enough that lots of people want my thing, but I wake up every day and say, is this all there is? I don't know what to do. I can't talk to people about it because I have all the things that they want. So if I complain about my misery in this stage, I'm just a dick because, well, you've got the money, you've got the house, you've got the kids. I don't care about your problems. I want those things. So I feel isolated. I feel alone. I know I need to change something, but I don't know what it is and I don't know who to talk to. That's the anxious philosopher. Then you go into Peaceful Warrior, right? Which is why I wrote this book. It's why I do what I do is to get you through stage three as fast as possible, where you've identified what you want. You go out into the world and you build a business that serves you because you know what you want as a person first. You're not anxious. You're not afraid of the phone. You are able to take vacations and you're able to really enjoy your life. And then the last one's business Buddha. And I always say, I always sell my companies before I make it there. And then I start back over at the believer. That's <laughs> a vicious cycle, my friend. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of heard that and what you were saying about your journey, you know, where it's, I can just grind it out and it's going to be fine. And at some point, it sounds like you took that more of a deep dive into what you want and what you need to do about it. Yeah. I mean, it cycles super familiar. The one that you, you know, the whole thing. I'm trying to get to that stage five though. Yeah, it's hard. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that Buddha stage, right? I've definitely, this year has been eye-opening for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, trying to trying to sink back into more of that. Like, yeah, because what is what is enough, right? Is, is it, there, there's never enough. It, no matter what you get or what you find, and, and, you know, it can resonate with that. Like, oh, what do you got to complain about, right? You've got great employees. You've got some money. You can do what you want. Uh, but it's not enough. And it, it, I think that's what keeps the, the whole humanity growing. You know, it takes people like that to want to do something else or do something more. You know, we're not going to stop. You're not going to stop. Right. It's, it's just going to keep going. You know, since the well business has started, I've dove into venture capitalism a little bit. You know, it was something that I was interested in and it's an avenue to, uh, to understand more. You know, and, and uh, we started a solar power company. We saw a need for for solar power, so I recently put together a team of of a few key players. That and you know, I keep getting the feedback. Oh, like you need something else to do. You know, you need something else to do. It's like, well, the bridge is built, man. Like it's there. We just got to walk across it. And most people get halfway across that bridge, and where those people turn around, we keep going. You know, and that's I think the difference. Like, yeah, you're going to hit obstacles, and we, and we push through those. And there is a bit of angst that comes with that, and unknown. It's a little more comfortable now because my my kids are fed, and you know, have a roof over my head. 
you know, it's not as dire as, as it was back when I was broke, <laughs> you know, right. I got to make a mortgage payment. I got to make a car payment. So it's a different type of angst. It's a, it's an angst of like, am I real? Right? Like we have a successful well business. It's one of the biggest in the state. Got a lot of good crew people. Like, do we just get here by luck? Like, is this all luck? You know, it's that imposter syndrome feeling like, I don't think this is real. How did I get into this position? But continually by working hard and making decent decisions, keep finding yourself in those situations. So it's got to be somewhat real, but yeah, I still don't believe it. Maya Angelou, I put it in the book, you know, Maya Angelou was writing her 11th or 12th book and said that she, this is it. They're going to find out and they're going to find out I've run a game on everybody and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it was me yesterday. Dude, I'm on a, I'm on a Zoom, yeah. Zoom call with venture capitalists, you know, from California. These brilliant minds. They've, they've put together this team of, and fortunately, I was lucky to somehow find my way into this through, uh, they were looking for acquisition and through conversations, I decided that wasn't for me. You know, I, I, um, it's a, it's a nice opportunity out to hit eject, but understanding that I would have a boss then, you know, and, and the value of that is just not, it's just not worth it. We're doing, we're doing fine without that. But luckily I was able to be, uh, they added me to the advisory board. Now I'm advising this company on the West coast that's looking to purchase about 30 more assets this year and, and invest in water, groundwater, seeing that it's on the up and up and same with renewable energies. You know, they're, they're on a trend upwards, no matter what, uh, regardless of the market, it's a nice safe place for them, safe place for them to invest their money. Uh, but I, I mean, I was on a zoom call with these guys and they're, they're just, they're, they're educated. They're smart. And I, here I come with my, redneck mentality of break it down to the simplest thing. And they're like, that works, you know, and they keep bouncing back to what I had to say. And I was like, man, they're going to catch on. I'm, I'm, I'm BSing these people. Like this is all, I, it's factual based BS. It feels like, and uh, we get off the call and like, Oh, that was, you know, that was great. You added so much. This is like invaluable. And I was like, I say, say what I see, you know? And yeah. uh, eventually I think they're going to catch on. Right. There's a, uh... What's the saying? Like if people, if you think you know it all, that's like, that's the biggest guy, problem guy in the room is the guy who thinks that he knows all the answers, right? Is right. Those of us who know we don't know <laughs> is, is why we're good at what we do. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly adds to it, right? Humility. Yeah. Um, and it's not even a, a purpose humility, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this. You know, I know in, in my experience, I really enjoy the the building of a company. You know, once it's up and running and that's okay. But it's it's really in those initial stages where you're building something new. Is that partially what drives you to do like the solar company and to get into the venture capital? And you know, what's behind that? I don't know. I almost think it's fear. I wish, you know, I haven't done it enough to go from ground up and be successful. Um, you know, you've done this several times where you've, you know, obviously failed too, right? Like you found sure. something not to do. Um, we've all had those moments where you, you thought you were getting into something and you, and you, you fail, right? You found a way not to do something is what they say. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I agree, like, you know, you, you got to go and, and then I find that like, until you're invested, like if you're really invested in something and believe in it wholeheartedly, you can't fail. Real quick example of this is there's a guy in Calhoun County, Illinois, faked his way into college, says faked himself as a student in a dental school so that he could get in there and make impressions for, I don't know if y'all seen him, the Billy Bob teeth, you know, the, the fake little Halloween teeth. This guy was so invested that this was going to make money. And who would ever think that, right? Like how many people would give up on that idea? He his first year after making it through and grinding all this time, fifty million dollars in sales. <laughs> like 
I that love guy believed like that. in I his product, man. <laughs> He's like the richest guy in the county now on Billy Bob T. They got Billy Bob bobblehead sticker, you name it. You know, it's kicking around. It's it's still a thing these years later. And this guy was invested in this. And that's what keep kind of gives me light. Like, hey, you know, if you really, really dig in and you don't turn around when it gets hard, you keep going. But um, I think the growth, I think looking back, once you have something successful, that's when it's like, man, I would go back and start this thing all over again. It's easy to say once you've made it, right? Sure. It's it's scary as hell when you're in the process. Like it's, oof. you know, I, I I think it's doing something hard. I do it myself, like with physical things. I I don't know if it's my escape. You know, I get a lot of comments, you know, because I never sit still. I'm always going, always going, finding a new challenge. I find I operate best when I have a goal. I set a really tough goal and 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 try to do it. Um, I, that's my meditation too, because I can't relax my breath. I've tried to meditate a million times, a million times, where I try to sit still and try to focus on my breathing, and my head's going pop, 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 pop. And I guess that's part of it, right? You have to learn to bring that back in. And I'm still working on it to this day. I'm still working on that thing. But if I go do something really hard, it's my way of meditating. Like I can't focus on anything but that. Whether it's running a mountain, uh, you know. Just recently, I, I did put a 30-miler together with nine, 4,000 peaks, and I tried to do it in this crazy time, you know, and, and that gave me this goal to work towards. And as I was training for it, I could focus on every foot and every step, and it would calm my whole nervous system and be like, you know, so these hard things. And I only bring that up to, to bring it back to business. You know, it's, it's a hard thing. And when you have that hard thing to focus on, it, it directs your attention towards it. You're going to succeed. You know, even if you fail, you know, you're still succeeding. Yeah. Are you ready to unlock the tools within you for powerful change? What if I told you that there was a proven formula that turns your deepest desires into reality? Your life's journey is like a movie with mountains to climb and monsters to conquer. Sometimes those monsters are competitors, friends, or even self-doubt. But here's the truth. The story you tell yourself might not align with reality. You have the power to overcome those inner monsters. In our best-selling book, Million Dollar Flip-Flops, and the courage to change course in life and business, we dive into a proven formula to overcome those inner monsters and so much more. What drives you at your core? Are you living authentically? And do you know your values? Roger Glenhart's Waves Method delves into these questions, guiding you on a journey of self-discovery and success. Million Dollar Flip-Flops is for you if you're ready to break free from your current reality, make confident decisions, and ultimately craft a life and business you deserve. Enough with seeking shortcuts or settling for good enough. It's time for a change. If this sounds like you, then you need to get your copy of Million Dollar Flip-Flops now at milliondollarflipflops.com forward slash book. Take the first step towards the life you've always wanted. Once again, it's milliondollarflipflops.com forward slash book. Don't wait, act now and embrace the journey to success. Now, back to the show. So my question is, because I ask this of myself when I do anything is, and I think a lot of it is back to, it's why I have the Waves Method, it's why I wrote the book. You know, it's, it's so you do that deep dive into yourself and know what it is you want. But how do you determine, you know, there's grinding through something to get to the end and you see that being success for a lot of people. And you you always see the meme, right? Where like the dude's digging and then there's the diamonds on the other side of the dirt. And he like he turns around and goes back and the other guy kept going, right? But how do you how do you know that it's the right thing to keep grinding after? I guess you don't. <laughs> you just gotta keep going. If you believe, you know, 
That's yeah. that's what separates it. You know, that guy, yeah, one scoop away, right? And he's got his riches in front of him. You know, there is dead ends. Up. You know, there is dead ends. And I think that's just paying attention to the numbers and what's making logical sense. Stepping away from what you want it to be, right? Because what you can't make something that it's not. I've seen people fail a, a lot at, hey, this is, I'm going to have this great restaurant in this little town, this little sleepy town. And they try to bring the best food, but it's just, there just isn't enough population. There just isn't enough foot traffic. You can almost, after you've done this enough times, like, you can almost put something on a napkin, look at it real quick, write down a couple of numbers, be like, this works. Yeah. This works. Yeah. Or you can say, nah, you know, I get ideas brought to me, you know, quite often. And it's like, no, nah, don't waste your time. You know, it's, that's a dead end. You know, oh, I want to start this rock climbing gym, this kid says, in this small little town. And I'm like, well, real estate's a million dollars, million and a half. You're going to fit it out with 200 grand. You're starting already here. And you're looking at a membership of $79 a month based on the surrounding area. You know, how many members people do you have in the neighborhood? Well, yeah, right, right. What's, who's <laughs> going to show up? Like, in, in his mind, he's like, no, this is what I really want to do. I'm going to make it great. I'm going to have a class. I'm going to have a Somebody's already tried that, man. Look at history, right? History will will repeat itself. And if you, you know, the, I think the avenue is to take something that works and then just make it better, you know. And uh, there's there's avenues to to do that. Um, you know, uh, we're diving into a new one: uh, lawn irrigation and sprinkler systems. It, it kind of fits with our company. And after years of feedback of everyone desperate to find somebody that needs to do it better, needs to be more communicative, have a bigger network of people to, to answer the phone calls, have that, have that infrastructure. It's, it's hard to find. And, and we found that that's something that is a necessity around here and we can take it and make it better. So that's, this isn't a scary Avenue that we're going down. We just started it off this year. So this is an exciting one to watch this one grow because we already have the infrastructure. We're starting on third base with this one, sure. you know, and uh, this is going to be fun to watch grow. I'm excited about this. This new Avenue gives us kind of a refire right? You get complacent, you know, and, and I don't want to be complacent. Not yet. Yeah. So question, I know, for instance, I'm, I'm in this coaching group with other coaches and they're at various levels. You know, there's people doing thousand bucks a month. There's people in there doing a hundred thousand dollars a month in coaching. And it's always easier for me to see what they're doing wrong. Kind of like you looking at the napkin sketch of the rock climbing gym, right? Like, who do you go to, to look at your business? I know you've got partners in the well business, but if you're going off on something on your own, you, know, you can't see the label from inside the bottle, right? You know, who's your trusted advisor for something like that? You know, right now, as far as the well end of things goes, I kind of reach out to the people that have either been successful in it and already seen the label. We get so their peers opinions. In the industry. Um, peers in the industry. I also have an advisory board created for my company. So there's six of us on the board of directors. And there are six good minds that are familiar with this industry. And I feel like if we sit in a room with these six good minds, we're going to come up with the best solution. You know, it's not just on me. And this is unfamiliar. It's just doing it all by myself. You know, it was easy when I was a kid and I was doing landscape and it was just a simple, you know, small beans projects. And, and I could figure that out pretty, pretty quick and what made money, what didn't make money and where to, where to put my time. But on the bigger scale of things, I lean on, uh, the, on peers in the industry. You know, same with the solar company, the people I put together in that. I found the, the the best and brightest that I knew and, uh, you know, put together. And, and by doing that, it, it puts, it spreads the pressure out, you know, and creates a little bit more flexibility again. So you're not the, the only bottleneck. Um, yeah. You know? 
Yeah. I think, you know, what we try to create and what I'm trying to create with this business, you know, we're launching a couple different levels of mastermind right now. And one is it's super cheap. It's like a hundred bucks a month, but it's just for folks that are going through the waves method. And they just, they find themselves without anybody to talk to, you know, it's kind of like that anxious philosopher, right? It's like, once you start doing some of this work, or if you quit drinking, you don't find your bar buddies as interesting anymore. Like it's that same kind of concept, you know? So it's like, who do I talk to about these things? So I want to create that community, make it really accessible. And then there's another level of mastermind. And then I look at myself and I'm in three different mastermind groups, you know, and it's similar to having that advisory board. It's like one of them's 96 bucks a month. The other one's $2,500 a month. And it's completely different sets of people in those two groups. But I think having something other than yourself, especially as an entrepreneur. You know, I think you were right at the beginning of the call where it's, there are some benefits to having partners. You know, you get to take some time off, you got people to bounce things off of, but most entrepreneurs, most people listening to this show, they're by themselves. You know, they've built this thing. Yeah, They can't go to their employees about it. They can't go to their wife about it. Their friends are no help. <laughs> you know, so it's that that outlet. Who, who do I go talk to? And just kind of try to build that community around like-minded people, you know? It's excellent, you know, because a lot of the information that the folks that don't have somebody to talk to that's at their level or above their level, they're getting information from people. And it may not be the best information because you just want to get it out there, right? You want to get it off your shoulders. You want to pass that responsibility off to somebody else. Well, so-and-so said, you know, but who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Are you talking to the right people? So having that outlet, having that chain that you're creating, I think it's instrumental for the success of other businesses. Yeah. Strategic thought partner. You know, I'm with this business. I'm trying to create things that I wish I had earlier in my entrepreneurial career. Right. So yes, same thing. You see the need, you fill the gap. Absolutely. Make it better. Yeah. Having access to people like yourself that have done this, um, you know, many times you've, you felt, I mean, geez, read your book, you know, it's factual, man. If you had one, I'll leave, I'll leave the show with this. If you had one piece of advice for that anxious philosopher, I'm not going to go with the guy just starting out. I'm going with the guy who has a couple bucks, who feels isolated, who doesn't know who to talk to, knows he needs to change his business, but doesn't know who to ask or what to do. What's one piece of advice you'd give that person? Sign up for your masterclass. <laughs> Dude, this is not meant to be a promotion for me. Dan is not paid to be on this show. <laughs> not even a bit. No, it's uh, but finding a resource such as yourself, finding those resources that are that have done this before. They've gone through the paces. I think that information is instrumental. I mean, you don't have to do this alone. Things have been done. These things have been done before. People have already so learn from other people's history. And you're again, then you're you're starting on second or you know, third base. It's a lot easier to get home when you can take that knowledge that's already out there. Yeah. On on the shoulders of giants, right? Absolutely. So, well, buddy, I appreciate you being on the show today. Absolutely. So look forward to seeing what you do. Thanks, bud. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Million Dollar Flip Flop Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you listen on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links in the description of this episode. If you want to see more behind the scenes with Roderick and his guests, be sure to find them on Instagram. It's also where we can have deeper conversations on these episodes. It's where we hang out in between episodes. Go to www.instagram.com forward slash million dollar flip flops. Until next time.